Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 325 and session number 99 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast. And man, I can't believe I just said number 99 because, uh, wow, we're almost at 100 episodes or sessions of the Ask Scott session. So that's pretty cool. I can't wait to hit 100. I haven't even thought about if I'm going to do anything special. I'm not really sure what I can do special, but maybe I'll think of something. Uh, Okay, so what I did want to do before we jump into today's questions is I did want to share a thought of the week. Uh, I've been trying to do that on a regular basis. Before I do, though, if you have a question that you want to ask and have it aired here on an upcoming show, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. You can ask a question. Uh, The other thing you can do is download the show notes or the transcripts to this episode, and this one here will be theamazingseller.com forward slash 325, all right? So everything will be linked up over there, and like I said, you can always head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can ask a question. The only thing that I ask of you is to record your first name, where you're tuning in from, and then a brief question, and I'll do my best to uh, to answer on an upcoming show. That would be awesome. All right, so let me kind of share my thought of the week, and this kind of just happened. I'm going to share a little story with you because uh, this can happen in any part of your life, whether it's business, whether it's personal. It doesn't really matter, but what that thought is is getting comfortable And what I want really for you to understand is that you should not become comfortable. And what do I mean by that? Well, when you get comfortable, you start to get, I don't want to say lazy, but we do, right? We just assume things are going to be working the way that they've always worked. You've probably done this time and time again. And I know I have. And actually recently, literally just last night, something happened that we just took for granted. Like my wife and I, we would just, you know, no big deal. And then all of a sudden we had a big, big, major scare. And uh, we uh, were so fortunate that everything worked worked out, but there was sightings around our neighborhood of coyotes, all right? We actually had a, uh, and I've never had this before, I actually got a phone call from the town uh, with this automated message saying that, be on the lookout, there's coyotes, Uh, we're setting traps in these certain areas, if you see them, report them at once, we want to make sure that we can track them and that we can trap them, and then we can remove them from the premise, because, you know, obviously there's dogs, there's cats, there's also been a couple of dogs that got, uh, that got injured. Some, well, I think one of them had uh, well gotten killed, which is terrible. Hate to even say that. Uh, a cat or two, uh, you know. So it's just really, really unfortunate. And you know, my wife and I are like, "Wow, that's crazy!" Like we got to be more aware. And uh, well, as usual, you know, in the middle of the night, you know, the dog has to go to the bathroom. You get up, you let him go to the bathroom. It's just like we've been doing that forever, right? And you can kind of see where this is going. Well. I'm laying in bed. My wife gets up about two o'clock in the morning, lets him out. She's standing there watching because we do watch him. We do just want to make sure that, especially at nighttime, you don't know. And uh, so my, my wife lets him go. He goes around the side a little bit, comes back. She sees him. And uh, then she, she just kind of rested her head on the window. We've got like these uh, side lights on the side lights in the window business. Like you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, they're like little windows on the sides of your door. Um, and she just kind of rested her head there like she was going to just put her head down because obviously it's two o'clock in the morning, right? You want to just maybe close your eyes again real quick. And then she looks up. And in the minute that she looks up, she sees Brody, my dog, face to face, nose to nose with a coyote. Now, you can imagine how scared she was, literally, probably 
the most scared she's been in a very long time. And all of a sudden I hear, oh my gosh, ah, ah, like screams. And, and I'm like, what the heck? So I fly up out of bed. I'm thinking something major's happening here. I'm running out, you know, guns ablaze and I'm ready to go. And I, I rip open the door and I'm like, what happened? You know, and she's like, you know, Brody, get in here. And I seen the, I seen something dart off. It was dark. Like I said, so I seen something dart off. I go, what the heck? You know, and I thought maybe it was a deer, but deers aren't, you know, they aren't threatening around here. If anything, they're friendly. And she goes, it's a coyote. It was a coyote. They were face to face. They were nose to nose. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. Like she was almost in tears. Well, she was in tears. She was so shaken up and it was just crazy. And I'm still kind of worked up thinking about it because I, I know how bad that could have been. Like Brody's only like 30 pounds. Like, you know, that coyote could have, could have hurt him bad and probably carried him off and had it, you know, had him, you know, for, (laughs) for a late night snack. And that just really, really, uh, just woke us up. So now we're like, all right, every time we go out, we got to be out there with them, you know, for now, at least until, until they figure this whole thing out and, and all that. But we got comfortable. And the reason why I'm telling you that story is because we got comfortable and we always get comfortable whenever we're doing things in life, when we get in routines, right? And routines are great, but you still have to be aware. And now there's other things that we can be talking about when you're getting comfortable. And I'm talking about, let's relate it back to our business. You know, there's been times, uh, even just recently, like I just kind of let things go, right? It's like you get up, you check your stuff. Okay. The numbers are fine. And maybe you don't do as much research. You don't start thinking about the next move for your business. And then all of a sudden you see that your sales start to drop and you're like, why are they dropping? Well, it's because you got competitors and those competitors are working harder than you are right now because they're out there, they're hungry and you're just kind of comfortable, right? Or maybe you're in a job right now that you want to get out of and I'm using air quotes, but really, I mean, if you really wanted to get out of there, I think you'd be working late nights and early mornings to get out of there. So you're just comfortable, right? You're punching the clock, you're complaining at lunch or maybe at dinner to your wife, but are you really uncomfortable? And the thing is, is if you're comfortable, you you tend to not look at what you could be doing and then you also don't maybe work as hard. And it's just the way it, it's just the way it works, all right? So again, like I'm trying to relate this back to like everything in life we can look at and say, you know, we we you know, we kind of sit there and think everything is just going to work out because we're just going through the motions, right? We don't want to go through the motions. Um, You don't want to assume everything is always okay. So sometimes you have to wake yourself up and be like, all right, I got to pretend that maybe my business is failing really bad and I have to do something to launch two more products so I can stabilize it, right? So this way here, you're planning something before it actually happens. And this way here, it always can, it always helps you to continue to grow. It's something that I learned from Tony Robbins a long time ago. It's like, if you're not growing, you're dying. So you always have to be striving. It's like, we always have these goals that we want to sit there and go, oh, once I get here, everything's going to be great. Everything will be fine. And then you get there and you're like, "Um, okay, now what? Like, you know, what do I do now? So you're always going to be growing. Like, I I don't ever think I'm going to reach my ultimate, ultimate goal because that goal is always changing. I'm always pushing it. I'm always going for things bigger or things that I might say that are way down the line, but I want to eventually get there. And then as I start to go for that, things change, right? So you, you don't want to sit there and just be comfortable and, uh, and, and assume that everything is going to be okay because it was okay yesterday. And it's the same thing going back to my dog that what just happened, you know, we assumed that it was going to be just like the night before we let him out comes back in, goes back to bed, life is good, right? And then all of a sudden, one moment, 
changes everything, right? So I just kind of wanted to share that with you. Again, it just happened to me, and I'm thinking to myself this morning, like, what am I going to talk about as far as my thought of the week? Well, the thought of the week is don't get comfortable, period. Like, do not get comfortable. Okay, now the other thing I did want to share with you, and it kind of goes hand in hand, find ways to stay excited. Find ways to stay excited in your business because if you don't, it will start to get stagnant. You will just be on autopilot or cruise control. So find ways to stay excited and to continue to grow. All right, that's what I want to leave you with here uh, for this for this pre Ask Scott session. And I never know where these are going to go, by the way. So uh, I hope that you uh, you get some value from these these little stories or from these little tidbits or my thoughts of the week. So uh, hopefully uh, you get something from that. All right, guys. What do you say? Let's go ahead and uh, let's listen to today's first question, and I will give you my answer. Let's do this. Hey, Scott. I have a question. Um, you guys are talking a lot about private label. Is there a way to buy stuff from AliExpress and then sell it onto Amazon without private labeling it? As in, I don't live in the United States. I live out in Cambodia. And so to get stuff from China sent to me here in Cambodia and then send it out to America would be, well, I wouldn't know how to do that. So I was thinking about buying stuff from AliExpress and then just selling it and onto Amazon directly. What would be a good way to go about that? Thanks. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for the question. And you may all be asking, how did I know that his name was Jason? Well, because I looked at the message that came through and you put your name in there, but you just didn't say your name. So guys, another little reminder here, when you leave a question, please do me a favor and leave your first name just in case I don't read the actual email that comes through with the question. So just do that for me. But Jason, great question. And uh, there's going to be a couple of different things that you can do here. Now, anyone that's new or maybe hasn't even thought about this strategy, really what we're talking about here is taking products in AliExpress, okay, and then from there, launching them on Amazon really to test the market and kind of test the product itself to see if you can get some traction. And a lot of times what you'll do is you'll launch the product, maybe 10 units, 20 units, depending, and then you'll run some uh, pay-per-click to it and you'll see if you'll get some sales. And if you do, then you might be onto a good product or at least a good market. So it's definitely a great strategy. And I think that anyone that's dabbling or that's saying to themselves, well, I just don't know if I want to go out there and spend a whole bunch of money on product and inventory. This is a great way to get your feet wet. Literally, you can buy 10 units if you want or even less uh, to just go ahead and test out a market. Now, you will be paying a little bit more, of course, because you're buying stuff that's uh, you know not at like a large quantity. Uh, and a lot of times, also, they know that you're doing that, so they're going to charge you a little bit more. Now, the question is, though, really, what if I'm an international seller? And I want to have that stuff shipped to me, but then I don't want to ship it back into uh, Amazon. Well, first off, if you're just testing the market, you still can do that if you want to. I mean, yes, it's going to cost you more, uh, but again, we're in the test phase, right? We're just trying to get you know product landed in Amazon so we can test out this product or this market. Now, again, if you don't want to do that, then that's fine. Then you'll probably want to contact that supplier and let them know that you're going to need them to ship into a certain address, and then you would just tell them that they would need to print the PDF that you give them. 
So you would create the work order for them or the, you know, the label, and then you would send them the PDF. Now, some people would be like, well, why would I do that? Then you're going to let them know that I'm shipping it in Amazon. Then they may go start shipping it themselves. And this is a fear that a lot of people have. Um, I personally wouldn't worry about it because honestly, a lot of these places, they just want to do the transaction like this. They just want to be able to have the product on their shelf, sell it to you, wipe their hands of it, be done, make, make that money. Some may go out there and I think very few, but there, there may be some that are going to say, you know what, we should probably get someone that does this for us and, and launches these on Amazon. That's the risk that you're going to take. But again, we're just in the test phase because eventually you probably want to do some more stuff to this product to make it more unique and better. But I would reach out to them. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but you can reach out to them and converse back and forth. You can talk about design stuff even on it. You can say, listen, if I wanted to put my logo on this, could you do that? And nine out of 10 times they can, you're just gonna have to buy more. Uh, or maybe you have a custom box that they use. It's gonna slow down the process, but usually they can do that because they're they're still, they're interlinked. Like Alibaba, AliExpress, they're really the same company. It's just different division in a sense. Uh, but a lot of them will still private label, you know, anything that you want. You just have to ask. Again, that's why communicating, getting that relationship started is really, really important. But that's probably the first thing that I would do. Now, if that doesn't work, then you would have to figure out if you could find someone in the States that you could ship it to, and then they would ship it in for you. Uh, there's, there's fulfillment services that'll do that, but you're going to usually be paying more for that as well. So why not just ship it directly to yourself? Um, so there are options there for you. Um, I don't have like one set thing for you to do, but it sounds like you don't want to spend the money to send in the inventory. If you had it shipped to yourself or to pay a third party to do that, that may be an issue. Again, anyone that's just starting, you got to understand you're going to have to free up a little bit of cash in order to do this. It doesn't have to be a ton, but you can't look at it like, well, they're charging me $4 for this unit and now it's going to cost me $1.50 to get it shipped to me and now I got to spend another $1.50 to get it to Amazon. That's way too much. In the beginning, we're just trying to validate before we go ahead and we spend a ton of money sending an inventory. So in this case, I would just figure out a way. And I just gave you a few ideas that you could use. So hopefully that helped and good luck to you. Keep me posted and let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey Scott, my name is John from San Diego. I've been listening to your podcast for about nine months. Uh, I've launched my first product, which is going pretty nicely. Even though it's Q4, so it's probably a little bit inflated, but uh, so far so good. So thank you very much. Uh, I'm looking at launching my second and third products and uh, this is where my question comes from. Uh, let's just say I'm launching a new garlic press. Um, it comes in red and blue, and it's super high-powered, and it's recommended that you wear protective eyewear with the garlic press. The problem is the eyewear come in uh, three sizes, small, medium, and large. Uh, ideally, I don't have to package them together and then have to sell a red garlic press in small, medium, and large, and a blue garlic press in small, medium, and large. I like to sell the garlic press separately, and highly recommend purchasing the glasses with the garlic press i was wondering if you have an, an easy way of doing this other than the related product uh, on the listing uh, you know for product liability it's probably very highly recommended that the glasses go with the garlic press i'm happy to give them away for free if there's some way of people buying the garlic press and then getting taken to you know the the glasses page where they can select the small medium or large I'm just not sure of how best to do that and uh, wondering if you could help me with that. Uh, looking forward to hearing your answer. Um, 
again, thank you for everything. Hey, John, thank you so much for the question. All the way from San Diego. Actually, I was just in San Diego not that long ago. Beautiful place. Sorry I missed you. But uh, yeah, thank you so much for the question. And this is a really, really interesting question. I don't think I've ever answered something like this before. Uh, So I'm kind of excited to kind of dive into my thoughts here. First off, It sounds like, and I'm trying to work through what you're explaining, but it sounds like you have this device. You don't have to have the safety thing, but it's really recommended, right? We, you, you would hope that everyone would have these, whether they wear them or not, even on a liability standpoint, you probably want to make sure that they have them. So you can say, well, we even gave them the safety device and, or the safety glasses or gloves or whatever, and, and they got hurt. Well, they didn't wear them. Like there's another reason why you probably want to include them. So this way here, any liability doesn't come back to you, or at least it makes it harder for it to come back to you. So I definitely think that you have to figure out a way to put that safety thing inside of the package. All right. Now, I know you said, I think you said it comes in in, uh, different sizes or the the glasses might or the gloves might. You're going to have to figure out a way to make them universal or at least fit, you know, most people. Because again, even if they don't fit that person uh, 100%, they were issued with it as a safety, you know, precaution. Okay. So I would say figure out a way to put them inside of that package. Now, you said, well, you know, you don't mind giving them away for free. So you're telling me already you're already willing to absorb that cost, not get anything in return. You just got to figure out a way to get them inside of that package and so they fit the people that are buying it. So you have to figure out a way to give them this thing, this safety thing, um, in every single one of your packages, unless you're saying like, well, I'd like it, but it's not a must. I'm not really concerned with liability because I'm already, you know, got my, I've already got my stuff set up or I've got directions or whatever. I don't know the product, so I can't tell you that. But if you are saying that you want to make sure that every single customer gets those things or those glasses or the gloves or whatever the safety thing is, then you have to put it inside the package as part of the product has to happen, all right? Now, another way that you could do it, and I'm again, I'm, I'm kind of teetering on the line of, is this within Amazon's guidelines? Would they be okay with it? I can't say for sure, but this is just another thought that popped into my head, is on your follow-up sequence, uh, whether it's sales back or feedback genius, whatever you're using, you could then direct them over to those glasses uh, or whatever, gloves, whatever the safety thing is, and give them a discount on those. The thing is, though, you're going to have to ship those into Amazon so they can fulfill them for you because I definitely would not, I absolutely would not say, here, send us uh, you know, $1.95 for shipping, and then we'll ship you these glasses out for free. I would not do that because, again, then we're... We're taking our you know, Amazon's traffic and we're bringing them over to another site and then we're doing a transaction. Like I, I wouldn't do that. But if you have a coupon code there that says here, they're on our site for $10.95 and we're going to give them to you guys for $1.95. So here's a code for 90% off, whatever. Here it is. Then you can do that. But again, it's going to break up your inventory. It's going to be harder for you to do. Um, if you do do sizes, small, medium, and large, and you got to, you got to throw in small, medium, and large and separate SKUs and it sounds logistically like a mess. So I would try to figure out a way to, to get those those uh, those glasses, the gloves, whatever, and I would try to get them to be included inside of the packaging. That's what I would do 
but again, it's going to be your call. Like I said, this is an interesting question, but a good one. So again, hopefully this has helped you. Uh, keep me posted. Let me know. Uh, let me know what you do. Let me know how it works out for you. And uh, hopefully anyone else that's in a situation like this, this helped you as well. Let's go ahead and listen to one more question for today. I'll give you my answer. We'll wrap this baby up and we'll get on with our weekend. What do you say? Let's do this. Hi, Scott. This is Renee from Germany. Thanks for your show. It's really very cool. So my question is related to hijackers, but from a different perspective. I am new to private labeling and I'm now searching for a niche that is working well where I could get into. And I heard that you can protect your product from hijackers. And hijackers are guys, as I understood, who are selling the same stuff like you do. And you can prevent this by, as I heard as well, I think in one of your last podcasts, when you offer your product in a bundle, in some kind of special bundle, then you're protected by Amazon. And my question is now, when I choose a niche where I want to get into and I buy samples, when I buy a product for, let's say, 500 to $1,000 and get into this, could it happen that some established private labeling guys come to me and tell me, hey, this niche and this product, what you're selling there is protected. Please stop this. Then this would mean I wasted a lot of money for nothing. So how can I prevent this? How can I see what I cannot sell? So I want to avoid this problem. It would be cool if you could elaborate a little bit on that. Thank you. Hey, Renee, all the way from Germany. Man, oh man, I love that. I love it that we're, again, getting some international listeners, which we have a ton, I know, globally. TAS is in Germany now, which is pretty cool. So, Renee, thank you again. I appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on getting started. Uh, yeah, okay, so this is a good question. Again, you're a little, little bit down the road now, right? I mean, I don't know that you've really gotten the products picked or anything, and I get it that you kind of want to figure this out a little bit before you go down that path. First off, when you're going... Uh, through the product research stage, you do want to start looking at, you know, possible trademarks and patents and stuff like that. And there's some ways that you can kind of do it, but you're never really going to know for sure unless, number one, you can buy the product, you can look at the product. If they have a patent pending, it's going to say patent pending most of the times. Or if you're at all concerned, then you're going to want to contact an attorney. Like, plain and simple. And I think that's the risk that we all run is like, we, we kind of know about patents. You can do a patent search on Google and stuff too. And I definitely think and starting, you should probably do that probably first, um, and just search for the patent. But the patents are so tricky because it could be patented on a certain uh, woven pattern on your material, not necessarily the device. So then you would just have to tweak that and then you wouldn't be in violation, but you definitely want to do your homework there I always like to look at products that I know just by looking at them that it's not a major brand or it's not a brand that is ripping off the main brand. So you got to kind of use your head there a little bit and do a, do a little deep dive there and say, you know what, this garlic press, it's got this unique shape and everything. Did this company manufacture this? Are they claiming that it's a certain unique design that's, you know, custom made for them and then they have patent pending? Like, those are the things that I'm going to look for. But let's just say, though, that you find your product and then you want to add another product. And, and what you've been hearing as far as whether it's here or anywhere else, by bundling a product, it's going to make it harder 
for someone to hijack a listing. Now, we've also talked about brand registry. If you brand register, it's going to be, I can't say that it's going to be a definite, but there's a good chance that it will help you um, when you do, if, I don't want to say when, if you get hijacked, um, then you can you can go ahead and uh, create that claim. Or also, we've also seen in some cases, if you're brand registered, then what'll happen is people that want to try to list your product, like your exact same product, it will say you need to request permission to sell this product. Doesn't happen all the time, but it's another way for you to be able to protect your listing um, if they enforce it on your product. And there's a lot of different factors that I've been hearing of why that would happen, and it may not happen to you. Maybe you're too new of a seller. Um, you know, you just got brand registered, like. Who knows? Like, we don't know all the ins and outs of that just yet. Um, and if I hear that, or if you guys listening know of that or a little bit more criteria, then let me know for sure. Um, but going back to being hijacked, really by bundling your product, you're going to be able to reduce that, right? It makes it a little bit harder for someone to find those two elements or those three elements and putting them into a package and then branding it with your branding. Like, all of those different steps that someone would have to take is going to make it harder for them to take over your listing or to take uh, your product and then jump on your listing. So just think about that for a second. If you had to go out and find a supplier over on the left and a supplier over on the right to make those two come together with two different products in one package, it's going to be harder for them to do it too. And they're just going to move on to the next because there's easier ones out there for them to go and hijack right? Because they're going to go after one that's not branded well, or one that uh, a single unit that it doesn't have good custom packaging, that's not branded on the product. Again, if you have your branding on the product, they have to make that product to be totally, uh, you know, exactly the same thing, because then we have, you know, a product that is not identical to the one that they're selling and they can't do that. And then that would be enforced by Amazon. And that would be almost immediate because you could totally prove that you'd have to just buy a test order and then send it in. And then you'd have to prove that yours has that. The other little side note here I'd like to mention is if you're ever having a mold created for a product, we talked about this on one of our Facebook uh, lives, our power hour with my good friend, Dom Sugar and Chris Schaefer. And we were talking about this and Dom says he does this on all molds that he ever does. And I'm actually in the process right now where we're looking to create a mold. Uh, what you're going to want to do here is have your brand name right inside the mold. So this way here, if someone was to copy yours, they would have to they would have to have the same mold to be identical, right? Because yours is going to be printed inside, like embedded, like embossed inside of your product somewhere, some type of marking. Uh, so this way here, it's authentic to you. And then this is another reason you'd want to do it is because if your supplier has that mold and they start making it for someone else, you're going to be able to say, wait, whoa, in our agreement, we said that that mold was exclusively available to us, and I know that you've used it on others because they're selling it on our listing, and that's not me, and I haven't sold to them. I've only sold to, you know, so you're going to be able to kind of go back and kind of show that history. Now, again, you'd want to write, have something written up here, and preferably an attorney, and again, it probably isn't going to cost that much to have an attorney draw something up like that, and then this way here, it's done, and this way here, once you have it, you'll have it. You can always tailor it to the next supplier if you need to. So that's definitely something you want to do. And I know this isn't on, uh, you know, directly on and answering your question, but it does have to do with how to protect your product. So I kind of wanted to address this as well. But Renee, what I would do is I would say definitely do your research on the products that you're selecting. And then secondly, if you are going to bundle them, that will help you 
when it comes to people jumping on your listing because it's going to make it harder for them to do so. So hopefully that helped you. Good luck. Keep me posted. And uh, guys, if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming Ask Scott session, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask. And uh, yeah, you can ask a question. And then, of course, if you want to download the show notes or the transcripts, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 325, and you can grab everything there. And then just to remind you guys on the thought of the week, don't get comfortable. Go out there, get a little uncomfortable. Being uncomfortable is good sometimes, but also be aware. And again, if you uh, if you hear that there's coyotes in your area and you have a dog, make sure that you watch your dog, even though you've let him out or her out numerous times and everything was cool because you just never know. At least that's what I'm going to be doing. So guys, that's it. That's going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Again, keep those questions coming. And remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Let's do it together now. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode.